We've been looking at this series, As Savior is Born, and in the first message, we talked about being surprised by hope, that in a time when the world was desperate, in a state of despair, and downright depressed, God bombarded the world with the birth of our Savior, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the world was surprised by hope. You and I can be surprised by hope when we keep our sight on Jesus Christ, when we recognize that God is the source of our hope, and that the supply of hope that God gives us is through his precious Holy Spirit, to the extent that our response is that we are joyful in abundance. Or next week, we're going to look at the subject, Don't Miss Christmas and we'll explore the behavior of several people who missed Christmas when it was right in front of them. The goal is for us not to embrace that behavior and miss Christmas ourselves. We'll look at the innkeeper, we'll look at King Herod, and we'll also look at the religious leaders. Then the final message on Christmas Day, we'll talk about the gift of peace, the peace that comes when Christ came into the world. I want to invite your attention to Matthew chapter 2, the first 12 verses. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligent for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. I've always been fascinated by these wise men. The Bible doesn't tell them a lot about them, so we really don't know a lot about them. We really don't know who they are. The term magi in Greek is used to describe several occupations. It's used in reference to astronomers, magicians, scientists, and philosophers. So we really don't know who they were. 
We really don't know where they originated. The Bible says they came from the east to Jerusalem, but how far east? They could have been from Persia. They could have come from India. They could have come from China. We don't know a lot about these wise men. What we do know about these men, however, is what they did. These wise men did three things that show us how to worship the Savior. And that's what I want to preach about today. They sought the truth. They experienced the joy. And they recognized the gift. If you and I are going to adequately worship the Savior, then in like fashion, we must seek the truth, we must experience the joy, and we must recognize the gift. They sought the truth, and we must seek the truth. If you want to find God, you have to seek the truth. There's a difference between being a seeker and a spectator. Spectators imagine what God is like. Seekers diligently search for the truth. They search for answers. They take the time and the effort to find the truth. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, the Bible says, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. This verse shows us three things that genuine seekers do. They watch what's going on in the world around them. Hey, we see this star. This star is not like any other star. This is an unusual star. Its path, its trajectory is different. It's shining bright. This star moves from one place to the next. They watched what was going on in the world around them. Then they ask questions. What do you think this means? What's going on? And then the third thing that they do is they do whatever it takes to find an answer. It's a little ironic when you think about it. When Jesus was born, the religious center of the world was only six miles away in Jerusalem. Yet, no religious leader went six miles to search for Jesus. These wise men, these seekers, probably took several months to get there. This reveals just how committed they were to seek the truth. If you and I are really going to worship the Savior, we must seek the truth. And the assurance that we have when we seek it is that God says we will find him. In Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. They sought the truth. You and I must seek the truth. They experienced the joy, and we must experience the joy. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Beloved, God used a star to bring these wise men to his son. 
In other words, God moved heaven and earth to guide seekers to himself. Perhaps God is using something or someone in your life to guide you to him. I want you to know there are three possible reactions when God starts to move to guide your life and you begin to realize that maybe God's trying to tell you something that you can have. One reaction is with fear, like King Herod did when he heard the news. The Bible says he was greatly troubled. Fear is certainly a reaction. God doesn't want you to be afraid of him. That's why Jesus came as a baby. No one is afraid of babies. You can react with indifference, be apathetic, even be skeptical. That's what the religious leaders did six miles away, knowing what the prophecy said, yet with indifference, with apathy, they refused to come to worship the Savior. Or you can act with celebration, with celebration of the fact that God will move heaven and earth to bring you to the truth of the knowledge of him. These wise men rejoiced. This word rejoice and exceedingly with great joy. It means that they were joyful beyond belief. They couldn't contain themselves. They were overwhelmed with joy. This Christmas... You and I can experience this joy. If you're a believer, you can begin by thanking God for whatever or whomever he used to lead you to Christ. Might be your parents, might be a grandparent, might be a coworker, might be a friend, or someone who just had you on their mind and took the time to share with you the message of hope that comes in Jesus Christ. If you are a seeker, you haven't found God, but you're searching for the truth. Then you can hear the words of the angels in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, anew and afresh. The Bible says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What's the good news? <clears throat> the good news is threefold. First of all, God wants to give you forgiveness for everything you've ever done. Secondly, God wants to give you a purpose and power to live today. And then thirdly, God wants to give you security of knowing that you have a home in heaven with him when you die. That's the good news for God so loved the world that he gave his one-of-a-kind son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. When you receive these from God, you begin to truly live. You live with the, in light of his forgiveness, with the power and purpose for living and security in knowing that you will forever be in his presence. That's why Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, that I came, that they may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the fullest. They sought the truth. We must seek the truth. They experienced the joy. We should experience the joy. They recognized 
the gift. And you and I, we must recognize the gift. They recognized the gift and they received it. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These men, having traveled months perhaps, following a star, saw it rest over the house. They go in. Their eyes are fixed not on his mother Mary. She's not the object of their worship, not on his father Joseph, his earthly father. He's not the object of their worship. They focus on the child, not a baby in a manger, but a boy. They focus and fall down and worship him. They recognize the gift. He's the savior of the world. They recognize the gift and the treasures that they offered. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. Gold because he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords of the increase of his kingdom and power. There shall be no end. They worshiped him with gold. They offered him frankincense. Why? Because he's our high priest. He is the one who puts us in right relationship with God, atoning for our sin with his own blood. They offered him myrrh. Because certainly he would die in our place. He would take on your sin and my sin so that you and I might have a right to the tree of life. They recognized the gift. Beloved, are you committed to seeking the truth? Jesus came just for you. Are you experiencing the joy? That journey can begin today by inviting Christ into your life. Have you recognized the gift? Jesus is standing with open arms to receive and to welcome you into his kingdom. My friend, we offer Christ to you. Won't you receive him?